Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Let the games begin! Yes, and uh, President Trump must be listening to the podcast, Joe. Better just take it easy. Oh! Just take it easy. Just take it easy. Just <laughs> thank you to the listeners who sent me that. Take it easy. That's a Queens thing. Take it easy. All right, he throws the Z the Z in there yeah. with the you know for for us uh, for us Queens guys usually take it easy. But uh, he must listen to the show. Thanks to the listeners who sent that over. That's funny stuff. We love that. I saw that. I sent it over to Joe, and he's like quizzically uh, looking at me, like, "Why are we putting this in?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just think it's funny that we always say take it easy. We're from Queens, yeah. and that's and then President Trump says, everybody take it easy.' Of course, that was about something <laughs> different. We usually use that for the sessions thing. All right, I got a stack show today. New Jersey hiking taxes again. Please, please do not move down here from New Jersey if you plan on voting uh, in Florida. Like you did in New Jersey. Yeah. You're welcome to do it. It's a free country. I certainly can't stop you, but please don't. I want to get to that. Um, some um, A great article about the Rosenstein's testimony and uh, a couple of gems I picked out. I'm going to give you a little tease of the book today. Ah. My book on the Spygate scandal. Uh-huh. And uh, this is going to whet your appetite because we found another gem that relates to Friday's show. So you're not going to want to miss that. I'll give you a little uh, little feel for what we found out. It's good stuff. All right. Today's show brought to you a new sponsor, by the way. Ding, ding, ding. This is a great company. They sent me this stuff a couple weeks ago, which is great because it gave me kind of a head start about of swapping the old product I had for the new product. I used to take uh, a different fish oil supplement. And, you know, it's interesting. I didn't notice what they told me. They said, you know what, Dan? I was talking to, to Omax Health. They make uh, some of the purest fish oil out on the market. And they said, go put this stuff in the freezer and watch what happens, the stuff you have now. They said, you're going to see all the impurities come out. So I was like, nah, you guys are crazy. I went and checked it out. Sure enough, they were right. Mm. I was taking a relatively uh, impure fish oil supplement. So I was like, yeah, send me your stuff. It's great stuff. I want to discuss Omega-3s for a minute here because Omax 3, ultra pure, the purest Omega-3 supplement on the market, contacted me about sponsoring the podcast a few weeks back. It was great. I spoke to them. And in case you're unaware, omega-3s have been touted as one of the healthiest supplements, but many have questioned whether this fact is too good to be true. I can tell you from experience, it's not. So you guys know that I do my homework on every potential sponsor on the podcast. And after talking about Omax 3 and trying their supplements, they are definitely a must try. You got to check this out. It's great stuff. Before I forget, make sure to tr- uh, visit tryomax.com slash Bongino. That's tryomax, O-M-A-X.com slash Bongino to get a box for free. For free, gratis. Tryomax.com slash Bongino. Over 75% of Americans don't get enough omega-3s in their diet, and you're probably one of them. So let me tell you why they're so important to your health. They alleviate joint pain, muscle soreness, and make you feel your best, especially post-workout. This stuff is, I, I uh, for my arthritis, is key. I'd be lost without it. They can also improve focus and memory, boost cardiovascular health, and more. And you're probably wondering what else makes omega-3s different, Omax-3, different from other uh, omega-3 supplements on the market. I told you about the filtration, Brad. This is some of the purest stuff out there. Mm. You've probably seen some of these supplements at the store, but many of them are top sellers, but they simply don't uh, contain enough omega-3s to give you results. This stuff is almost 94% pure omega-3 fatty acids, Omax Ultra Pure. It's the purest concentration on the market. They have a patented EPA to DHA ratio 
from four to one, specifically engineered for inflammation and joint pain. Try that freezer test. It's great. OMAX 3 is clinically tested, so it's safe for you and your family. It's the purest option. No fish burps. If you're an athlete, student, parent, gamer, working professional, almost anyone can benefit from OMAX 3. Go to tryomax.com slash Bongino today and get a box of OMAX 3 Ultra Pure for free with your first purchase. Tryomax.com slash Bongino. Okay. Those omega threes are very important. You know. Oh, stuff is awesome. Try it. Put the stuff in the freezer. You just ask any sturgeon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Um, but just quickly on the economic front before yeah. I get to the other stuff. So New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, devout, left this to uh, ironically, he's a millionaire himself. He's a millionaire who doesn't want anyone else to be a millionaire. Uh, but devout <laughs> left this newly elected uh, Governor Phil Murphy. Yeah. Um, he wants to raise taxes, and he did. He has now raised the state income tax on people making more than $5 million in the state to 10.75% from 8, uh, 8.9. It was already one of the highest tax wow. states in the union. So it went from 897 to 10.75% if you're making over $5 million. He raised the corporate tax on corporations generating over a million uh, from 9% to 11.5%. Now, folks, I'm just asking because from 2012, I'm begging you, matter of fact, as a matter of fact, because from 2012 to 2016, a net $11.9 billion, almost $12 billion, has left the state of New Jersey, and a third of that has come to Florida. I'm begging you, humbly, as your fellow citizen and friend, if you live in New Jersey and you have voted in big government, high-tax nonsense, bankrupting your state, your wallet, your companies, your people, your neighbors, and everybody else, please do not move down here to Florida. Please. I'm begging you. Listen, it's a free country. Do what you want. Okay? I I, can't, I I love it that we live in a constitutional republic. You're mobile. You can assemble. You can speak. You can practice your religion. That's great. Except for when the liberals don't want you to. <laughs> but I'm just asking you as a friend. I love it down here in Florida. I've been down here three years. I, I met some great people at the Sunshine Summit this weekend um, up in Kissimmee. It was awesome. Please don't come down here and vote that stuff in. Please, you realize what you're escaping is what you brought on yourself. Do not bring it on me and my neighbors, too. We have a great economic situation here. Things are going well. We have no state income tax. I get it that you want to come down here to escape the hell you created in New Jersey economically. I get it. But do not vote that garbage in down here. Now, Joe, yes. one more thing about this before I move on, because I got some other stuff. I get the pack show today. It's fascinating what these liberals are, are doing because, as I've said repeatedly, this is the, 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 the absolute stupidity of big government, right? The free market creates a series of incentives, incentives to create businesses, incentives, uh, incentives to earn revenue uh, for ideas and hard work. Socialism, big government, democratic policies as well, because they're not exactly the same thing, but... Big government and socialism tries to recreate incentives that already exist in the free market. What do I mean by that? There's a piece in the Wall Street Journal today. That's where I got this. It's in the op-ed section about New Jersey. And they're trying to recreate incentives that the market would create themselves, Joe, to lure businesses back to the state of New Jersey. What do I mean by that? Yeah. Well, if you would have just let people keep their own money, the incentive would be to open a business and earn your own money. But they can't do that because New Jersey's confiscating ridiculous amounts of, piece of, of people's money and corporate income because of their high tax rate. Joe, they're spending, this is insane, $545 million on corporate welfare. In other words, please come to New Jersey. We'll cut your taxes specifically instead of cutting taxes for everyone. Yet they're hiking taxes. And the hike in the corporate tax, Joe, 
get a load of this, is supposed to generate $440 million. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out. Math time. Math time. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So you're hiking a tax, the corporate tax you're expecting to generate, which it won't because companies are going to leave now, $440 million in additional revenue for you to suck out of the economy because you're a big government, uh, uh, you know, basically tyrant trying to take people's money. You think it'll raise $440 million, and then you're returning it through corporate welfare to the tune of $545 million, which is $100 million more than you cut. Why don't you just let the free market work for itself and let it create its own incentives for people to open their own businesses and earn revenue you're giving back to them through the tax code? I don't know. I'm just asking. Now, having said that, gosh, I've read this story. I'm like, gosh, don't move down here. Please don't come down here. Go somewhere else. New York, Connecticut. They've already created their own cesspool of big government. We're okay down here in Florida. Don't go to Texas either. No. Matter of fact, stay in California, New York, and New Jersey. I'm mean, just ask again. I, I, unlike you guys, I do believe in liberty and freedom, and the freedom to be mobile. But I'm just begging you, please, stay in those areas if you're going to vote that stuff in somewhere else. We're good. Go to Maryland by Armacost. <laughs> Joe's and Arnold move next door to him. Joe's like, don't come by me. Yeah, Maryland's already a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Done. We, oh man, we need that. I wish we still had that drop. We had we cycled through so many drops. I'm losing the trading places. Yeah, yeah. We don't need no job turkeys this close to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh man, don't come down here and do that. Now, secondly, I was on Fox and Friends this morning, as I do every morning at 6:30 a.m. If you ever want to check it out. Mm-hmm. And apparently, millennials seem to think socialism is the way uh, to go in the future. Socialism is gaining popularity now. I uh, said that this morning, uh, that uh, what I've said on Twitter repeatedly, that socialism is uh, basically for idiots, uh, for people who don't know what socialism is. And a couple people responded back and said, no, we're talking about democratic socialism. No, uh, Joe, Joe, how many times are we going to have to do this show? Now, there is no such difference, no difference whatsoever between democratic socialism and socialism, because there's no such thing as democratic socialism. It doesn't exist. Socialism is the government confiscation of the means of production. In other words, the government owns the factories, the government owns the farms, the government owns the service industries, and the government owns you. Who you vote for in a, quote, democratic socialist system is irrelevant because they take your stuff. Democratic socialism is a myth. There is no such thing. Either the government owns the means of production in socialism or it doesn't. If it doesn't, it is not socialism. Democratic socialism is a myth. Oh, it exists in Scandinavian countries. It is that that is not socialism. Listen, it's horrible big government policies. The government does confiscate a lot of the wealth of people up to 50%. It is not socialism. The government does not own the means of production. Venezuela is socialism, where the government's confiscated the oil companies, uh, a lot of the supermarkets and other things. That is socialism. If you don't know what you're talking about, if you keep talking about democratic socialism, there is no such thing. It doesn't exist. Now, proving to you that the Democrats don't even know 
what the difference is between democratic socialism and socialism and the Democrat Party, because there isn't any. There's no democratic socialism. It doesn't exist. It's nonsense. Listen to this cut quick. This is a hat tip, Washington Free Beacon, to put this together. Uh, This is Chris Matthews questioning some prominent Democrats about the difference between socialism and the Democrat Party. And they don't even know. They can't answer the question. Play that cut. What's the difference between a socialist and a Democrat? Well, you know, I oh, I more socialist like Bernie Sanders. What's the difference between being a Democrat and being a Republican? Well, what's have to ask? We'll see. I'm asking you. It depends how you define each one, doesn't it? You're chairman of the Democratic Party. Tell me the difference between you and a socialist. I wouldn't like somebody calling me a socialist. But I'm I'm not one. Well, you do it. Well, I'm not going to get into it. The the relevant debate that we'll be having is what's the difference between a Democrat and a Republican? I think there's a huge difference. I am a progressive Democrat. I'm a progressive Democrat. How's that different than a socialist? Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the chair of the Democratic Party, won't answer my question. Hillary Rodham, you guys are well-schooled. Would it be helpful to change the name of the Democratic Party to the Social Democratic Party? Would that help improve Uh, the definition for everybody? I think we're happy with our present name. (laughs) you, You see? Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's a very, yeah, it's funny. And I love that it cut. Is. I'm going to use that tonight in the NRA TV show, too. That is a wonderful cut because here's the problem. Here's what's going on. In case you don't understand the tactics, I'm here to explain it to you. There's a reason they will not answer. The reason they will not answer is because focus group tested strategists have conflated the term socialism and democratic socialism so often that people believe socialism believes big government, uh, big government programs and things like free college, um, free, I'm using the air quotes here, free college and free health care. That is not what socialism is. Those are big government programs. Those are poorly designed government programs. That is not socialism at least in the United States, where government does not own the means of production. They don't own the hospitals. They don't own the doctors. Matter of fact, even in the United Kingdom with the National Health Service, again, it's a single-payer system. It's poorly designed. It's a ration system, but it isn't, in fact, socialism. The doctors aren't owned. Now, they will be paid by the state, but they aren't owned by the state. They're free to do whatever they want. In a socialist system, the government owns the means of production. You work for the government. The government pays you. The joke about socialism is we pretended to work and they pretended to pay us. The conflation of the two over time has confused even Democrats. Folks, if I'm confusing you, stop for a second and pause. It's important you get this. You're good. The conflation over time of big government liberalism and socialism has led a lot of millennials to believe that they are the same thing. The conflation over time has now caused the problem for Democrat politicians, some of which you heard in there, who are afraid now to renounce socialism because they think, Joe, that people will confuse it and they'll think the voters will think they're renouncing big government. That they're renouncing big government, free health care and all that other stuff because they've conflated the two so often. Right. So they're in a quandary now because Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi and Debbie Wasserman Schultz, these are not stupid people. You may disagree with their politics. I certainly do. But they're not dumb. I'm going to explain this again. So give me a second. This is really important. Cool. They understand they're in a little bit of a damned if I do, damned if I don't. I can't say to answer Chris Matthews question. And listen, hat tip to Matthews, by the way, for doing that. I mean, he's not a. He's a pretty biased guy to the left, but I think he understands the damage too here. Damned if I do, damned if I don't. If I 
if I come out on the record and say the Democratic Party in the United States, the Democrats are now socialist, I understand I'm endorsing the government theft of people's property, of people's farms, of people's businesses. I also understand that I'm associating myself with a system of government that has killed hundreds of millions of people. These aren't stupid people. They understand the history of socialism. The government takes your stuff. Eventually, people stop working because they don't own it anymore. The government then comes in and forces you to work. If you don't work, they kill you. That's why the government has starved people and killed hundreds of thousands of people under socialism. The Democrats know that. They also know over time that people like Bernie Sanders, the Ocasio-Cortez, a woman who just won in Democrat 14, the congressional district primary, they know over time the Elizabeth Warren types, people who have spoken uh, glowingly, Joe, about socialism, have got have propagandized, excuse me, a younger generation of people to believe that big government is socialism. So now the damned if they don't is, well, if I talk down socialism, I'm going to have to tell people I've been lying to them the whole time mm-hmm. that socialism isn't, in fact, what we're doing here. What we're doing here is big government nanny state stuff. They can't. They 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 put themselves in a, in a rhetorical corner. They're locked in, folks. This is important, critical stuff because you see it on Twitter. Go tweet about how nasty socialism is and watch. Just take the Dan Bongino test. Tweet about how socialism sucks on Twitter. Right. Watch how many young people. We're not talking about socialism. We're talking about democratic socialism. There's no such thing. There is no such thing. This was a deliberate strategy by radicals in the Democratic Party to associate the word socialism to dumb you down with big government free stuff. It is not the same thing. Now, other people, more moderates in the Democrat Party, I mean, forgive me for saying that, but people who are not insane, like Chuck Schumer, now understand that that constant conflation of the two, socialism and big government policies, is causing him a real problem. Because he can't come out and say he's a socialist because he's not. He's a big government nanny stater. This has caused them a real issue now. And now that you have people like Ocasio-Cortez, the the, um, the woman who won the primary in Democrat 14, openly advocating for socialism, now Democrats are like, oh man, what do we do now? We're going to keep getting this question if we're socialists. We can't say we're socialists. That thing's killed you know, hundreds of millions of people. How are we going to say that? We'll look like complete radicals. Yeah, but the radicals are the one telling people that socialism is democratic. What do we do? You get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah, they're between a rock and a hard place, I'd say. They're between yeah. a rock and a hard place. Yeah. The radicals in the party have convinced young kids that socialism is free stuff. It's not. It's death and destruction. That's what socialism is. Mm-hmm. Socialism is theft. It is not free stuff. You have been lied to by a bunch of radical kooks in the Democrat Party who are trying to get you to believe that socialism equals free college. But generations of doing that to people have younger people and some dopey older folks, too, have no excuse for being useful idiots in their 30s and 40s read a book actually believe socialism means free health care and free college it means theft and destruction that's what it means that's why democrats can't answer the question and when i appeared on fox and friends this morning i told you some democrats are starting to panic i i'd listen listen to me on this i get their emails <laughs> i get their emails i read their tweets there are a lot of Democrats concerned with winning elections that are starting to worry a little bit that this constant talk now between Bernie and this uh, the, the Ocasio-Cortez and this socialism bent that they're going to be in a lot of trouble in the elections 
because all Republicans have to come out and say socialism. Oh, you mean the theft of your property? And and uh, by the way, death and destruction, if you don't hand it over, that's what socialism is. The historical record is crystal clear on this, ladies and gentlemen. There, Remember, one last, I'm sorry. Uh, this is really critical stuff, though. Democratic socialism does not exist. Socialism, it period, full stop here, is the government confiscation of the means of production. There is nothing democratic about the theft of your property and your business and the redistribution of its assets by the government. Nothing. Democratic socialism is a myth. There is no such thing. There is the big government nanny state and there is socialism. They are not the same thing. And the Democrats are in a real pickle right now because of this. Mark my words on this. They don't know what to do. Um, All right. I want to get to. I found a real gem. You're going to be blown away by this uh, in my book. How it relates to last Friday and Julian Assange, uh, WikiLeaks, ah. Deripaska. Yeah, Joe, this is good. I know you're going to like it. Before we get to that, uh, today's show also brought to you by buddies at We The People Holsters. We love We The People Holsters. If you haven't tried them out yet, they are. Uh, I've had a lot of holsters. I've had pancake holsters, in the pants holsters, pocket holsters, ankle holsters, uh, even had a shoulder holster. Once those things are, I'm not a big fan of those, by the way. But this is one of the best holsters out there. Uh, this is a company that's with us. They're big supporters of the Second Amendment, big supporters of our civil liberties, and I really like having them on board. We the People holsters. Uh, we the People holsters. They make custom made holsters. They design their own holsters in house. They don't use these garbage third party molds. They build them right there in Las Vegas, and they cut every mold to fit each gun perfectly and precisely you get that click when you put your firearm in there it's a beautiful thing we have you know it's in there securely you can hear it we update designs that change they add new designs every month this lets them stay up to date on new models that come out they build their own in-house they measure every micro miller uh micro millimeter of the firearm before they put the, that holster in in circulation they, you can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride on it. They design their own clip. It has four holes, and it matches up with the four on the holster. So you can not only adjust the cant, but you can adjust the ride as well. The tension's adjustable. You just turn a screw. Simple as that. More tension, less tension. Keep the firearm in a little tighter, a little bit looser. It's right all up to you. Adjustable tension. Can't beat it. Custom printed designs in the house. They have the thin blue line, thin red line, a constitution, camo. They have designs for women, an American flag. They have more coming out each month. Get a load of this. Price is only $34. But every holster comes with a lifetime guarantee. And if you go to we the people holsters.com slash Dan, that's we the people holsters.com slash Dan. And you use promo code Dan, you will get $10 off your first holster. That makes the holster only $24 with free shipping. You're gonna love this holster. You will not be disappointed. It is great. If it's not perfect, if it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a refund. You won't need it because it will be a perfect fit. I have two of them myself. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan for $10 off. Okay. And we can roll here. So last week I talked about on the Friday show. If you missed it, please listen. It's super important now. And this will make a lot more sense. I'm starting to uncover stuff in my book about Spygate that's really blowing me away. And when I connect it to prior incidents and, and names I've heard before, mm-hmm. uh, I'm always, I, as a matter of fact, I was talking to my co-author, Denise uh, McAllister, this weekend. I'm like, darn. I'm like, that is a gem. I'm like, do you even know what you have there? Because she picked this thing out. And I was like, 
this is good. Now, Friday I talked about, remember, well, I always say remember the names. Remember the names, remember the names. The best advice I ever got working criminal cases as a Secret Service agent. And when I say remember them, I mean if you're interested in the case, you have to memorize the names. You can't just have them on like an index card because if you memorize them and you see them creep up later, you're going to start making connections nobody else can. My best advice to young agents out there joining the federal government, remember that memorize those names. You never know when they're going to creep up on you again. So last Friday, we were talking about Oleg Deripaska, who is a Russian oligarch uh, worth a whole lot of money. Oleg Deripaska is also well connected to Vladimir Putin. They're friendly. Um, They know each other well. Friday, I had told you that in a, in a really suspicious breaking news story that broke a, it broke a week ago, but I wanted to kind of, I don't like to give you stuff before I can check it out and make sure that the stuff is good for obvious reasons. My credibility matters. We found out that, and the article's in the show notes on Friday, Deripaska, he has this lobbyist who works for him, this guy named Adam Waldman, mm-hmm. and that this lobbyist had been visiting... Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy, of course, the WikiLeaks guy. Now, what I found awfully suspicious about that is this lobbyist who's working for Deripaska, a Russian with deep ties to Putin, right? Mm-hmm. That Deripaska's lobbyist is also the same guy who was trying to connect Democrat staffers still working to get fake information on Trump still working with Fusion GPS. He was trying to connect Democrat senators to a Democrat senator now on the committee investigating this thing, Mark Warner. In other words, this lobbyist seems to be connected to Fusion GPS, the Russian, and now WikiLeaks. And remember, it was WikiLeaks and the leak of the DNC emails that started this whole thing. Don't let me lose you here, okay? The DNC emails that were leaked from WikiLeaks, the whole theory was that that was done in conjunction with the the Trump campaign after the Russians stole them. Now, the whole nail in the coffin of this theory that, well, could be, is Assange, who runs WikiLeaks, has been saying the whole time that the Russians weren't his source. Now, if the Russians were not his source for the stolen emails, the DNC emails that WikiLeaks got, Joe, then the whole theory of Russian collusion is done. Guys, ladies, please understand what I'm telling you. I said this on Friday. I'll say it again because it's important for this thing we found out. If that is, in fact, true and the Russians are not the source for the DNC emails, the entire Trump collusion case is garbage. It's meaningless. It means nothing. Zippo, zilch, nada. The Russians could not have possibly colluded with the Trump team to get the DNC emails out there to hurt the Trump team if the Russians didn't hack the email, which Assange has been. I'm not saying I trust Assange, Joe. I'm just saying he has been crystal clear from day one and has never wavered, Mm -hmm. Assange, that the Russians were not his source for the emails. I know there are a lot of theories out there. I get it. I get Mm -hmm. your emails. I I don't put stuff, please understand, folks. I will not put anything out there until I am almost positive we can confirm it or the evidence is then overwhelming. I get it. I've heard your emails. I'm not there. I'm not there, okay? You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. We don't know the source of the DNC emails or the source of the hack. The FBI never went in and analyzed the DNC computers. The Democratic National Committee wouldn't let them. Very suspicious. 
I say that because the lobbyist for Deripaska, this guy who knows this Russian oligarch, visited Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy nine times. What the heck are they talking about? Does Assange know something? Does Assange know who really stole the DNC emails? If he does, why is Waldman going over there? Why is Waldman going over there? He's representing a Russian oligarch. Now, let me read you a little something from my book here. I'm going to give you a preview. You're not going to get anywhere else. We're, 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 the book is, is pretty much done, by the way. Well, not pre- it is done. We're just going through some contractual stuff and some reading and some edits and stuff. But here's, a, here's from one of the pages in the book on Deripaska. One of those names we've seen before and could call into question the origins of the information in, in Steele's dossier. We're talking about, this is the Deripaska chapter. According to the New Yorker, some of Orbis's purported clients, now who's Orbis? Orbis is Christopher Steele's company. Follow me here. This is critical stuff. This is crazy. Christopher Steele, the guy who's working for, the author of the dossier, by the way. Christopher Steele, who drew up the dossier, is working for Fusion GPS. His company is Orbis. Some of Orbis's purported clients, such as a major Western oil company, are conventional corporations. Others are controversial, including a London law firm representing the interests of Oleg Deripaska. The the billionaire victor nice of Russia's aluminum wars, a notoriously violent battle. He has been described as Putin's favorite oligarch. It goes on. Steele's possible financial ties to Deripaska recently prompted Senator Chuck Grassley to demand more information from the London law firm. If a financial trail between Deripaska and Orbis can be established, it is likely to raise even more questions about Steele because Deripaska has already figured in the Russia investigation in unsavory light. Now, ours, this is our book. That, that was the quote. The connection between Deripaska and Steele is Russian-linked Washington lobbyist Adam Waldman and a London-based lawyer named Paul Hauser, allegedly working for Arbus, although he has refused to answer questions submitted to him by Senator Chuck Grassley. Folks, what the heck? Follow me here. Yeah. You have a Russian oligarch with direct ties to Putin. Now we know a London law firm that represents him is also a client of Christopher Steele, the same guy who wrote the dossier. We now know lobby. So a, a law firm with working with Deripaska is working with Steele. We know a lobbyist working with Deripaska is working with Adam Waldman. A lobbyist, excuse me, Adam Waldman working with Deripaska is working to coordinate all of this. He's been emailing, uh, he's been mentioned in, in texts to, to Mark Warner, this Democrat senator. Waldman's been visiting Julian Assange in the embassy. I'll put this together for you in a second because you're probably thinking, all right, I'm a little confused. What are you trying to get at here? Let me just throw another angle at you. If you read the dossier, which I have many times, the dossier is actually a series of memos. If you read the memos in the dossier joe one of them talks about a source d hmm. that source d we believe is sergey million 
Sergey Milian was supposed to be the source of the golden shower story. In other words, Trump, you know, did those things in the hotel room. Yeah. You know, it's a family friendly show, but supposedly the prostitutes were there and did that stuff and defiled the bed. All that, you know, it was all nonsense. Of course, um, it was garbage. But that that came from Source D. That's believed to be Milian. Let me throw you a wicked slider right now. Milian goes to this St. Petersburg International Economic Forum right around the time this information comes out. Who do you think's at that economic forum with him? Deripaska. Folks, what I'm trying to suggest to you is, is it possible? Is it possible that Deripaska, friends with Putin, connected to Putin, may have been playing the Democrats for fools the entire time by being somehow involved in feeding false information to the Democrats' political campaign apparatus through Hillary Clinton to throw chaos into this entire election, and the Democrats got played completely? Max, you know what? Let me take that back. They didn't get played. They, they got played willingly. They were looking for negative information yeah. on Trump, right. and they, that's exactly what they got. But is it possible that Deripaska, who now knows Waldman and knows, obviously, lawyers in this law firm working, um, you know, working with this guy, Waldman, and working with Steele, this guy's at the center of the whole thing. The whole, what, why is this a big deal? This is a big deal because it opens up the distinct possibility, Joe, that the Russians... Basically, the Clintons bought fake information from Russia to overthrow the election. Oh, this you know what you understand the bombshell that is that the information they got was laundered through steel, a British intelligence agent to make it look like it was oh, it was respectable. It was from a friend of ours, a British intelligence agent who had worked with the FBI before, and he had Christopher Steele mm-hmm. had done some work for the FBI. But as Andy McCarthy points out, this is critical. Absolutely critical. Andy McCarthy at National Review. Your information is only as robust as the information you can vouch for, not from someone else. There is no third party verification here, Joe. In other words, if I get information from Joe about a crime he witnessed, Mm -hmm. that's fine. And Joe's worked for me before. And Joe comes in and says, hey, I saw my neighbor next door. He's been bringing pallets of cash in his house. And Joe's worked for us before as an informant, and he's reputable. We can use that. But there is no process to authenticate information Joe gets from someone else. In other words, if Joe says, hey, I heard from a guy who heard from a guy that he has a neighbor moving pallets pallets of cash inside the house, we have to go verify that independently. Right. There's no vicarious credibility there. None. It has to be Joe. Folks, please tell me this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you understand now what's happening? There's a possibility here, a distinct possibility that Deripaska may have been involved with Putin to generate, and their intel community in Russia, generating fake information on Trump to sow chaos in the election. The information was probably laundered. Now, was it laundered through steel? There's a possibility there. Steele already has relationships with Deripaska. Steele's company has as a client this London law firm working with Deripaska. Deripaska has as a client a lobbyist who's already connected to staffers on the Democrat side. 
Now, all of a sudden, when the story starts to fall apart, mysteriously, this lobbyist starts going to Ecuador to talk to Assange. Hey, that information about where you got the emails. But they came from the Russians. Assange is saying, no, they didn't. What is this lobbyist doing over there? Now we find out that one of the sources in the dossier too, source D, about the infamous golden shower story. He was at this economic forum right around the same time these these allegations surfaced. Who was he at the economic forum with? Deripaska! The Russians played these idiots for fools the whole time. Played them for fools. Now it's all falling apart. Listen, guys, ladies, this was a win-win for them. Joe. Right, yeah. It was a win for them if Hillary wins. Why? It mm-hmm. discredits Trump forever, presents, yeah. uh, prevents him from running again in 2020. If Hillary loses, it discredits the Trump presidency and creates a path for impeachment when Rosenstein appoints the special counsel later, which Democrats were going to push for from the start. This was a win-win. They never thought this was going to be uncovered. And when I say uncovered, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about two things here, and I'm going to move on. I got I got a lot of stuff to get to. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I, it's for spending a lot of time on this. I don't like to repeat Friday's stuff, but it was so critical, Friday's information. They are trying to keep covered. It's now clear as day to me. Two things. Item number one. Who stole the DNC emails? God forbid that isn't the Russians, folks. Do you know how many media, liberal, Democrat party types are going to be humiliated publicly? Wait, your whole story was the Russians stole the emails and gave them to the Trump team or worked with the Trump team. But the Russians didn't steal the emails. Oh, um, okay, moving on. Thank you. Secondly, the source of the information we were always told was Christopher Steele. He's a reliable former British spy. He's worked with the FBI before. If the source of that information, God forbid, was not Christopher Steele, but were in fact Russians working with Putin to sow disinformation in the United States, then the real collusion, Joe, was between who? The Democrats and the Russians the whole time. Not only will we have been lied to about the whole hack, the hack story's nonsense, but we will have been lied to about collusion. There was collusion with the Democrats. This is bombshell stuff. Wait till you read the chapter on Deripaska in the book. You're going to be this. By the way, we're we're pretty much done with the manuscript. This is a treatise on Spygate. I'm telling Joe, I would not steer you wrong. Listen, we have put a ton of work into this. You will read this book. About 80,000 words, which is a healthy sized book. You can get through it in a couple of days if you really fire into it. You will. There is no stone unturned in this thing. I'm not just promo. It's not even out yet on Amazon. There's no reason for me to do that yet. They tell you, matter of fact, not to do that. So I'm just telling you, I haven't read through it. You will understand entirely that this was a scam. This was an entrapment scam. It is clear as day. Source D Million was in the same place as Deripaska. The sense the source of these stories. The source of these stories may have been the Russians the whole time. My gosh, we are getting, you You know, as we used to say in Queens, you're getting worked, man. You are getting worked yeah, over. Man. Gosh, don't believe this. This is the stupid is strong with some of these people. Um, All right. Uh, can I just take a quick shot here at Mitt Romney? What is wrong with this guy? Yeah. I don't want to spend, what is wrong with Romney? Romney now wins the, um, 
the runoff in, for the Senate seat in Utah. And Romney, like a complete turncoat, immediately, they ask him about the Russia probe, which everybody knows is a scam. And Romney's like, oh, it's totally appropriate. Totally appropriate. Well, Russia probe, totally appropriate. Then we have Romney again. They ask him if they'll endorse Trump. Well, I'm not ready to endorse it. This guy just endorsed you. It's like a common courtesy. God, Romney, this guy is going to be a disaster, folks. I'm sorry. I wish Kennedy, the other guy, would have won. Uh, really, I, I, Romney's going to be a mess. He'll watch. Next thing you know, he'll be the head of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, and uh, he'll be raising money um, to knock off anyone who's even remotely pro-Trump in the Senate. This is going to be a disaster. I'm serious. This is going to be a disaster, Romney. I can see it already, the way this guy is. Romney is about Romney and Romney alone. Almost embarrassed that I voted for this guy for president. We're better off with Obama. The guy, I mean, at least Obama gave us Trump later on. He's terrible. I'm sorry, Joe. He's terrible. At least the the, the, the failures of Barack Obama opened people's eyes to the possibility of something better with Trump. What is Romney doing? Totally appropriate. It is? The Russian probe is totally appropriate. We still, it's been two years. All we have is evidence of entrapment, collusion by the Democrats. Oh, totally appropriate. I'm not ready to endorse. He's probably going to run for president himself. <laughs> One more quickie, too, by the way, before I get to this other meat and potato story mm-hmm. that I got to dig into a bit. Narrative buster. Big time media narrative buster. Trump's approval rating with Democrats is up 10 points. Up, up, up. UP. Like the movie. Not down. Joe, Joe, we've been told by the media because they know everything that the the childhood, uh, the immigration policies at the border, the separations and and, and zero tolerance. This was going to destroy Trump with the Hispanic vote, Joe. Oh, destroy. It was over. I have a Breitbart article by John Nolte up in the show notes. Please check it out. Trump's approval. Hispanics up 10 points. Wrong again. Media types. Hispanic voters are not automatons. My mother-in-law and my wife are Hispanic. They are Trump supporters. They support strong immigration policies. Enforcement on the enforcement side. They're not robots. They're not the Borg from Star Trek. Wake up. I have that article to show notes. Check that out. Hey, um, a, a couple more quick news things, too. I'm, so, I'm sorry. The weekends, we... Uh, Gosh, there's so much to get to. Mexican presidential election, um, AMLO won. Uh, uh, Big problems for us, folks. This guy is a socialist. He says he's a reform socialist. He's not. Uh, I think we're going to have big problems down south right now of our border uh, with Mexico. I know President Trump congratulated him this morning. This guy, if he starts nationalizing industries, you could have another Venezuela on your southern borders. And this could be a big, big problem. You think we have an immigration problem now? Ask Colombia, the country, what it's like with all the Venezuelans pouring across the border to escape socialism. So, uh, big issue there. And I haven't addressed it yet in the show. Uh, You're probably wondering why the Michael Cohen revelations that Trump's lawyer spoke to George Stephanopoulos. His comments seem to be leaning towards the fact that he's looking at cooperating with Mueller. Guys, ladies, I warned you about this. Joe, did I not say this? Yeah. Three months ago. Yeah, yeah. Fire Mueller. I said, oh, you can't fire Mueller and be impeached. He's going to be impeached anyway if they lose the house. Now it's too late. I warned you all. 
that if you put a traffic cop behind any American citizen 24 hours a day, seven days a week, everybody's going to be at some point given a ticket for blowing a stop sign because they rolled and didn't fully stop. This, the whole purpose of the Mueller probe was to cover up the Clinton investigation, to cover up the misdeeds of Justice Department FBI officials in the Clinton investigation, and to constantly keep the attention on the prosecution of Donald Trump for a fictitious Russian collusion scandal that didn't happen, as I just explained to you. No need to repeat it. That is the only purpose. The Mueller probe... Guys, ladies, the Mueller probe is not investigating Russian collusion because there is none. The the Mueller probe is investigating the Donald Trump team and the Donald Trump presidency. The only purpose of it is to keep the heat on them. Now, it appears they probably flipped his lawyer by going after his lawyer. I've said it over and over again. They should have fired this guy months ago. You watch what you're going to get now. If Donald Trump paid... $99.99 in taxes in 1999, and he should have paid $100, Donald Trump or someone on his team is going to get nailed for tax evasion. You may say, yeah, he's got it coming, man. He's a criminal. Really? You want that attention on you, knucklehead? How about we sick Bob Mueller on you next? Huh? How do you like that? Oh, five years ago? You had an off-the-books uh, uh, nanny in your house? Oh, boy. Oh, the, Ladies and gentlemen, the whole purpose of this thing was Russian collusion, allegedly. It's not. The purpose was to nail Trump. And I said it months ago, they should have fired this guy because this, was, this investigation is out of control. You watch what's going to happen. This Cohen thing is a disaster. And the left loves it because the left is is has totally forfeited the idea of blind justice. The left the left wants blind justice towards the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton speaking fees, the influence operation designed to influence the Clintons, Uranium One, the email investigation. They don't want to see any of that stuff. Hard evidence of criminality. They don't want to see any of that. But the blindfold comes off when it's the Trump team. Oh, no, now we got him. Cohen's going to flip. What's he going to flip on? What's he going to flip on? Paying off a porn star? Who cares at this point? I warned you. You said I was nuts. I, I, I still have the emails. Dan, you can't call for Mueller to be fired. It'd be a political disaster. Yeah, political disaster, you think? Wait till you see the political disaster coming now. You had a cop following you 24 hours a day. You'd be locked up, too, for making a right on red somewhere. I warned you, folks. This Mueller probe is a scam. It's always been a scam. Cohen thing is a complete debacle. Really, this is not going to get any better. And listen, Libs, I don't really need your dopey emails either. If I sick Bob, Bob Mueller on you looking at it, but I promise every one of you'd be in jail for a lot worse, by the way, than what may. And I'm not even saying they have it. I don't know. I'm just telling you, this is a disaster. This was supposed to be about Russian collusion that doesn't exist. All right. The Rosenstein thing. All right. Before I get to that, uh, Diana Trap. I'm getting a lot of really great uh, feedback about Diana Trap, by the way. It's uh, it's the real deal. I told you. You will not have an insect. <laughs> Anywhere near your home using Dynatrap. This is one of the best insect control systems out there. So summertime's officially upon us, uh, folks. And the only thing more annoying than a lot of this nonsense about socialism are flies, mosquitoes, and other insects invading your home. Yeah, that's right. 
So we'd like to thank our sponsors over at Dynatrap. Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps. Now they've come out with the indoor Dynatrap fly light. This thing is incredible. The Dynatrap <laughs> fly light works day and night to attract and trap flies, mosquitoes, and other pesky insects. And I'm telling you, this thing works. You will not have a living insect creature within your house anywhere after this. I've been using the Dynatrap fly light for a couple, uh, actually a couple of weeks now, and it's insane the number of flies, mosquitoes, and gnats it's caught that would otherwise be buzzing around my house. Some fruit flies, too. Trust me, there's nothing more embarrassing and gross-looking than hanging up old-school fly paper in your home. Plus, you never know what kind of bacteria those flies are spreading. Instead, visit Dynatrap.com. By the way, their outdoor one is great, too. If you have outdoor picnics, their outdoor stuff is terrific. Instead, visit Dynatrap.com. That's D-Y-N-A-Trap.com, Dynatrap.com. And enter the promo code BONGINO, Dynatrap.com promo code Bongino, you'll see 15% off any of their products. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. Okay. Uh, a couple great pieces at the show notes today. One of them is by, um, I believe it's at Jeff Carlson at The Market's Work. Uh, it's really, really good. Um, I also have some pieces about socialism, some stuff you should check out, how even some so-called moderate Democrats are, are now starting to be, get a little afraid of the socialism label while others are embracing it, thinking it's a political winner, which it's not. Uh, but it's a great piece in the market's work about Rosenstein and Rosenstein's testimony last week. Rosenstein, actually, I should say his name right. Rosenstein's testimony last week up on the hill. It was I thought it was horrible. We covered it last week. I thought he came off as cocky. I thought he came off as arrogant. Um, he didn't come off like a public servant. He came off like a guy who has a vendetta. Um, it was terrible. I think Rosenstein uh, should be fired. I think he should have been fired a long time ago. Um, but there's an interesting exchange here that I want to cover. So from the uh, from the market's work piece, Rosenstein's talking to Representative Matt Gates from the Panhandle of Florida. He's a he's a conservative Republican, and Gates is asking him about the FISA warrant that he signed. The FISA warrant dated uh, late June, I think it's June 29th, right around there of 2017. Remember, folks, there were four FISA warrants, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court warrants to spy on members of the Trump team. Four. Not just one. The last one was signed by Rosenstein. Now, he's asking him about it, and there's a key line in this. I don't want you to forget. Here's the text of it. This is Rosenstein talking. This is all in the article in the show notes at the market's work. Rosenstein says he asked him about the the if he's basically read the FISA applications. So this is one of Rosenstein's responses here. My responsibility at the time was to approve the filing of FISA applications because only three people in the department were authorized to be the final sign off. We sit down with a team of attorneys from the DOJ, all of whom review that, and they provide a briefing for us about what's in it, what's in the FISA warrants he's talking about. I've reviewed that one, talking about the one he signed, in some detail. This is important here. And I can tell you that the information that's public about that, the FISA application, that is, doesn't match with what my understanding of the one that I signed. Whoa, doggies! I'll explain this to you in a second. I think it's appropriate to let the inspector general complete that investigation in bold. These are serious allegations. I do not do the investigations. I'm not the affiant. I'm reviewing the finished product. If the inspector general finds I did something wrong, I'll respect that judgment. But I think it's highly, highly unlikely 
great, great, great poll by the author of this piece. What's going on there, Joe? Rosenstein's under oath. Now, having been a federal agent, I want to explain to you a couple of things here. The affiant. What is the affiant? What is Rosenstein referring to? When you go to court and you raise your right hand in court, there's someone that swears to the facts inside that document that they are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. In other words, you are not lying about that information. When I would go to court to get a complaint against someone to get a search warrant, you would have to raise your right hand and you would do that. You would swear in front of the judge that the information you have is the truth. That's who the affiant is. Why is Rosenstein adamant in his response to Gates about the FISA warrant he signed that, quote, I'm not the affiant? Another quote. These are serious allegations. This doesn't match what I was told. Wow. What do you think Rosenstein is saying? Well, he can only be saying one of two things. Either he's saying the leaks to the press about what's in that FISA warrant are false, which I doubt because some of the people who have seen some of the applications who are members of Congress, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they're the ones uh, leaking anything, but there's been some information in some of the House reports. I would be astonished right now if the, the leaks are I think what he's saying is he was lied to. Yeah, you know what that what means? That, that's that, right? Got, yeah. That's what I got. Now, the, the, the author of the piece has a little bit of a different take, and I encourage you to read it. I think it's all fair. But I remember Rosenstein's mm-hmm. under oath here. I think Rosenstein is throwing the FBI under the bus here. And you know what? Forgive me. I missed it on Friday because we had a, and the Thursday show. We had so much going on. It's, it's tough to compartmentalize all the stuff and get you the key takeaways. He is not the affiant. When you go to court as a federal agent and you swear, you're the one swearing to the fact. Why is that? Do you guys and ladies understand this? If I'm not explaining it, well, forgive me. I've done this many, many times. The investigator is the one who investigates and gathers the facts to present to the prosecutor who then legally prosecutes the case. The lawyers in the Department of Justice, assistant United States attorneys, Rod Rosenstein, anyone else, they are not investigators. Under any circumstances, they do not investigate the case. They are not out there on the street. They are not interviewing people. They are not putting the facts together. The agents do that. The agents of the government, the FBI agents, the Secret Service agents, whoever they are, they're the ones that bring those sets of facts to the prosecutor. Now, you have to swear those facts are true. If those facts are true, it's the prosecutor that reads them. This is practically how it works. Says to the agent, okay, I think you have enough here for probable cause. We're going to go in front of a judge. But it is not the prosecutor that raises his right hand. It's the agent. I believe what Rosenstein is saying here by being adamant. Hey, man, I'm not the affiant on this FISA warrant. I think he's throwing him under the bus. He's throwing him under the bus. I don't believe I don't believe what he's saying about when he's saying the leaks, some of interpreting this as saying, well, the I gotta get this right. If, if I don't, I'll be doing you a disservice. Some are saying out there, some of the analysis, which is fair. I'm I I mean, I'm I I want to just put it out there. Well, what he, he's not really saying that the FBI was lying, mm-hmm. Joe. 
What he's saying is that the leaks to the press about the quality of the information and the FISA warrant are wrong. In other words, when I signed off on it as mm-hmm. DOJ, as a representative for the DOJ on the FISA warrant, you heard in the press that all the information was crap and was based on the dossier, but those leaks are wrong. Wink and a nod. There may be some other stuff in there. I don't believe it one bit, folks. Let me tell you why. Who was one of these FISA warrants against? One of the original ones? Carter Page. If the information against Carter Page turned out later to be true, that he was a spy working for the Russian government, why is Carter Page still free? I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. We have seen no additional arrests. We have seen no evidence at all that the information in that FISA warrant largely was verified, uh, documented, probable cause information of a foreign agent in the United States working with the Trump team in violation of U.S. law. We haven't because we've seen no arrests for, for collusion or conspiracy with the Russians at all. None. I don't buy it, folks. I believe what Rosenstein is saying in there, Rosenstein, what he's saying in that uh, testimony is that somebody from the FBI walked in my office and told me this crap was true, and it ain't. Which means somebody went into court under the penalty of perjury, raised their right hand and swore in front of a judge, a FISA judge, that that was true and roped Rosenstein. I'm not saying Rosenstein is an innocent victim in any of this. He was a, uh, I think he's done a terrible job. I think his testimony was, again, was over the top, was pompous, was arrogant. Um, I think he's the obstruction by the DOJ and the release of materials has been awful. I'm just saying to you, I think Rosenstein being a creature of Washington, D.C. and being a survivor. Remember, he was appointed by Bush and Obama. This guy is a survivor. I worked for him. When he was a U.S. attorney in Maryland, Rosenstein is a survivor. I think Rosenstein knows full well that there is an investigation going on. Here it is. Knows full well that there's an investigation going on about false statements made to either the FBI or made inside the courts. And that investigation is probably being run right now by Hubert, the appointed uh, United States attorney by Jeff Sessions to investigate in conjunction with the uh, inspector general uh, allegations of malfeasance in this case. I think when you read through it, read through the piece, it'll be up at the show notes today. You'll see exactly what I see. That Rosen, yeah, be clear on yeah. this, Joe? That Rosenstein's saying, hey, I signed it based on what FBI agent right. so-and-so told me. But I'm not the affiant. He is. Read it. I think you'll see exactly what I'm telling you here. All right. I have uh, another piece in the show notes today that I uh, strongly encourage you to check out. It's at my website, Bongino.com, debunking the myth of the Muslim ban. Um, so stupid. But I'm, it's a shame we have to do this. There's no Muslim ban, folks. If Trump was going to ban Muslims, he picked all the wrong countries. Read the piece. I have it in the show notes today. You'll, you'll, it's so clear as day. The Muslim ban only affects 8% of the, the world's Muslims. It's the worst Muslim ban ever if it was a Muslim. Only idiots believe that. So read the piece so you can debunk it for you, that nonsense for your liberal friends. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Please subscribe to my podcast on iTunes or uh, it's a follow button on iHeartRadio and a subscription on SoundCloud as well. It's free, but it's the subscriptions uh, that help us move up the charts. It's not going to cost you a thing. Just hit that subscribe button. It helps us move up the charts quickly. So You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.